Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning. My name is Promise, and you're listening to a day of prayer's morning Bible study. We're so glad you could join us, but before we get into word, let's open up in prayer. Lord, just thank you for today. Just thank you for giving us your word, Lord, and just slowing the word inside our hearts, Lord, so that we're able to understand everything, Lord. And, Lord, I also just thank you for just providing for us everything that we need, Lord, and not leaving us in want. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. Welcome to our Bible study, our morning Bible study, and our continued discussion of the Word and the Book of Acts. We are still in chapter scene, uh, 17, excuse me. Yes, <laughs> it's one of those mornings. That's <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, that's, that's why I enjoy this. We can all just be ourselves, and yes, mistakes are made, and hey, that's why there's grace, and that's we right. can move forward. Uh, so we are in chapter 17 of Acts and still covering the first uh, nine verses. So if you have not joined us previously, I want to encourage you to take the time and opportunity to pause the episode now and review that section of scripture, please, to, just to help you follow along in the discussion. Amen? Mm-hmm. Amen. All right. And now... The floor is open, as is our custom, to give each of you the opportunity to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions that you may have. So, who would like to begin? I will. All right, promise? Okay, so first Lord's talking to me about first four words, talking about the a whole bunch of devout men and many of the prominent women were persuaded, and the Lord reminded me of Earlier inside of Acts, where it talks about Antioch and Pisidia, where it talks about that the Jews there stirred up the prominent women and chief men. And so I found it interesting that there's two different responses here. But if you look at a map, it's not really that far of a distance. Um, Antioch and Pisidia is inside of Galatia, which is inside of Turkey, which is pretty close to Greece, which it, where, um, where Paul and Silas are. Mm, okay. And how there's two different responses from the pr- prominent men and women. And if you read further up, it says, as was custom, Paul went to them both, uh, both of them in the same manner. Which means that they both had the same opportunity to take the word into their hearts. And it was just a matter of how they received it. Mm-hmm. And so the Lord reminded me of, inside of, the main reason that the Jews rejected Jesus as being the Messiah is because that they didn't, that he didn't seem to follow the Mosianic law. And that he wasn't what they thought he should be. So they rejected him. And... The Lord remind me of, especially inside of, in the, when, inside of the Gospels where Jesus asks, what's the greatest law? And they say, love. Greatest the, commandment? Oh, sorry. Greatest okay. commandment. 
and they say, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And Jesus says the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Okay. And how even when they were persecuting others based on the law that they thought was the best law, they themselves didn't follow it. And so it's important for us, especially today, not to just condemn the Jews to say, well, they're just so bad people, and not Jews in a whole sense, but just these people who are persecuting the way and saying, oh, they're such bad people, because usually we're guilty of the same sin, mm-hmm. if not worse. Mm-hmm. Amen. <clears throat> and then I want to go to verse 5. Okay. Where it says that the Jews were envious and they stirred up a crowd. And the Lord reminded me of Ahab where I was talking about that Jezebel when he wanted Ahab when Ahab won Nabalus garden and Jezebel told the elders of the city to call out scoundrels against Nabalus and say that he was blessed blaspheming against God and then stone him and to bear false witness. Mm. And if you go to Deuteronomy 6, it says, do one of the Ten Commandments, it says, do not bear false witness against your neighbor. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how another one of the reasons that the Jews were attacking Paul and Silas is because that they were going to the Gentiles. And so... If you look at there instead of Greece, which ended of itself as a Gentile nation, it says it stirred up the evil men of the city. And how though they didn't like the Gentiles themselves, they wanted to go get the evil Gentiles to get what they wanted, which was to make either kill Paul Silas and or to get them out of the region to kill them to another. And that was their purpose. And How the Bible says, um, let me take you to Mark, sorry, Luke, Luke 11, verse 50. One five or five zero? Five zero to five one. And it says that the blood of all the... Sorry, include verse 49. Therefore, the wisdom of God also said, I'll send them prophets and apostles. Some of them they will kill and persecute. That the blood of all the prophets, which was shed from the foundation of the world, may be required of this generation, from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who perished between the altar and the temple. And then, inside of both Mark and, I believe it's in all the Gospels, it talks about that, since they're asking for a sign that the men of Nineveh and um, the Queen of the South, I believe, I don't remember what queen she was. Um, I remember her name, but... Usually the Queen of Sheba. For oh, yes, Solomon? the Queen of Sheba. Yes. Okay. okay, continue. And how it said that those men were going to stand up against them in judgment, and how all those people were Gentiles. Hmm. And that's, that's Luke 30, I mean, Luke eleven thirty one. 31. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I was doing that earlier. Okay. Continue. And how instead of Jonah, the, Jonah got angry with God 
because he wanted to destroy the Ninevites. And when God asked him if it was right for him to be angry about the plant, he asked him twice. When Jonas, when Jonah was asking the Lord why he didn't destroy Nineveh, the Lord said, "Is it right for you to be angry?" And Jonah never answered. And then when the God prepared a plant, and then the worm ate it, it said Jonah was sorry for the plant. And the Lord asked Jonah, "Is it right for you to be angry?" And Jonah said, "Yes, it is right for me to angry, be angry even unto death." And the Lord compared it with the plant, how he Jonah was had compassion on the plant. How much more should the Lord have compassion on the Ninevites who didn't know the right way from the wrong way? Mm-hmm. And how the Jews were pursuing Paul and Silas based on that logic. And so the Lord reminded me of that they were getting... Uh, on which logic? Can you spell that out for the listeners? Oh, yes. They were saying that because they were preaching to the Gentiles and not only to the Jews and saying that Jesus was the Lord, they were pursuing Paul and Silas from city to city. To kill them. Okay. What else, sir? And how with that, it says love your neighbor as yourself. And how it, though inside the ten, not ten commandments, inside the commandments, Moses told them, treat the aliens of every land as the strangers and fatherless and widows well and leave the stuff in the field for them. Also says, do not cover, covet your neighbor mm-hmm. or anything he has. Mm-hmm. Yet you see that they're doing this here because they're envious. Okay. Wonderful. There's a lot in there that, mm-hmm. and what the Lord is revealing to you. Mm-hmm. Let's also look at some things, right? Let's look at the ministry of Paul and Silas here, right? And why there was the envious enviousness, right? Why the people that were pursuing them were so filled with envy. Who are they? Who are they preaching to, and how many? The Gentiles, and it was a lot of people. Okay, because if it was only a handful of people, or less, or a couple handfuls of people, what purpose or need would they have to chase them down? Right. Yes. Yes. But clearly, their their ministry was impactful, and why was it impactful? Because the Lord's anointing was on it. He commissioned the work to be done. Mm. Amen. As the Lord sent them, the Lord gave them revelation. They were teaching and preaching what? Or it says in verse 3, they were doing what? Explaining and demonstrating uh, that Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead and saying, this is Jesus whom I preach to you, who is the Christ. Okay. So that happened a number of different ways. But it was also just how they conducted their ministry, right? You can look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'll read the first five verses. It says, uh, talking about Paul, right, to the church in Corinth, right, which, yes, is a different place, but you see this consistency everywhere they go. It says, that's uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. It says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power 
that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And here it says that he's explaining and demonstrating. So what is he doing? Explain in, in here in, in Acts 17, verse 3. Explaining and demonstrating that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead, and saying, this Jesus whom I preach to you is the Christ. Mm-hmm. He was making his case. He was proving that of who Christ was by walking them through the scriptures, mm-hmm. by explaining to them, by teaching them, which clearly took much revelation. Things that the Lord had revealed to Paul that he previously did not know, especially when he before or and during his persecution of the church when he was Saul, which is the same thing that's happening now towards him, right? Yes. Yeah. So the jealousy is is the number. One, it's in clearly the amount of people and the number of locations that he is going to and ministering to the people, the impact on the people, but then also they're envious of the revelation given to him. And again, it's not just words and persuasive words, right? He came in the spirit or in the power of the spirit, as you pointed out there, Layla. There were signs, there were wonders, there were miracles. Going back to the revelation aspect and the ministry, as you pointed out, honey, in a previous episode, the ministry of reconciliation he's given us. Mm-hmm. The Lord defined his ministry through Isaiah 61 and the first couple of verses. But it's also the same type of fast that we would choose. And I, and I love how uh, the Lord was showing you promise about the greatest laws, right? Love the Lord your God, which you find in the Ten Commandments in uh, Exodus 20. But then the second greatest law comes out of Leviticus 19, verses 17 and 18. Right? The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, right? Mm -hmm. And those two verses, well, it really comes out of verse 18, but I'll read verse 17 as well. And this is going over both moral and ceremonial laws, right? Mm -hmm. To who? To those that are in the faith. Leviticus is is a lot of laws and rules given for people that are part of the faith. But those two verses say this, as Leviticus 19, verses 17 and 18. You shall not hate your brother in your heart. You shall surely rebuke your neighbor and not bear sin because of him. You shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the children of your people. But you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. So there was also the prophetic, because it's exactly what they're they're experiencing. It's also, uh, Jesus said these are the greatest commandments, but it is also the thing that they are coming up in, I'll say, receiving the most opposition towards. The love commandment, right? So the new commandment that he gave isn't a new commandment, it's an old commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. It's what he meant from the beginning. But are we, let's examine ourselves in this, right? And not so much the opposition that whether those are in ministry or that those are walking and living in righteousness and doing justly or desire to be like the Lord. And by that, I mean, be pure and holy before him, right? Living in holiness and righteousness, 
before our Lord, not just the opposition that they are receiving, are we fulfilling the love commandment, which we've talked about here the last in the last couple episodes. Mm-hmm. That should be an expectation, as you guys have been pointing out, right? Whether it's a Charles or Layla or even you, probably, right? We've all been pointing out the same thing. This is the people were living in opposition. They were hypocritical to exactly what they were teaching and preaching. But here you have someone in, in Paul and Silas that were going around literally just to do the will of the Lord and to teach and to show them and to demonstrate who Christ is. Not just in persuasive words, right? But uh, here, we can walk you through the scriptures. We can explain this to you so it all makes sense. Yes. And here's the Lord's power working in and through us be, from Him, from Holy Spirit, in and through their lives to minister the needs of the people. Mm-hmm. And something that we should we should recognize in this as we're looking and we're we're looking in the scriptures always to hold a mirror before our face Amen. and see whether or not we're measuring up to the stature of Christ, not to the stature of Paul, not to the stature of anybody else. Um, or Peter, or the stature of the measure of Christ to the fullness of who he is, his character and his nature on the inside of us. And when we're talking about the love commandment, we're looking at people who lived their lives and we have a recording and we can see where they met up and coincided with Jesus, where they agreed with him, and we can see where they were in opposition. And it's like you said, promise not to point the finger at them and go, Ooh, look at them, they're so bad, they're so bad. It's to hold this measuring stick up to ourselves, hold this mirror to our own face, and realize that the obligation for the love commandment is on me. I'm the only one that I can make walk in the commandment of love that Jesus Christ gave. I'm the only one that I can make follow his precepts and his principles and do the will and the word of the Lord. I'm the only one that I can make do that. Sometimes we, we blur that line and we start going, well, you're not doing it. And we want to look outward to see who's doing it to us, towards us, who's loving to us and who is acting right by God towards us. When God asked you to control yourself, self. control yourself, not control other people. So your charge is to, you can recognize when something is out of alignment. You can identify it. And bring that before your Heavenly Father, absolutely. And, and take it before the Lord. But when you're judging, judge yourself so that you're not judged by your Father, God, and make sure that you are walking in His love. And the Bible says that when we are pleasing to our Father, He'll cause even our enemies to be at peace with us. That's the commandment that we have. And when we examine the scriptures and we're talking about the love command, realize the love command is for you to carry out in your life, not to make sure other people are carrying it out towards you. Because in that selfishness, you've, you've missed the command of what God was saying. You've missed the heart of that. Now, parents, teach your children to walk in that and to carry the love commandment and govern themselves in the word of God and make sure they're doing what God has instructed and asked them to do. Mm-hmm. And that will bring peace to your life. Amen. Uh, thank you, honey. That's, that was wonderful. And you also see that exemplified in David. Look at the Psalms. How many times is David like, hey, they're doing these things against me, and Lord, take vengeance and uphold your name and vindicate me. And I mean, he even asked literally for their demise. But then he pauses and he's like, hey, Lord, try me. 
Search me in my heart. Make sure there's nothing in me. And then he puts it in the Lord's hands. So you see that, you know, I'll say not that it's perfect, right? But you see that that process. Mm-hmm. Bring it before the Lord. Yep, you can absolutely voice your, you know, uh, what's going on in you to the Lord. He's our Heavenly Father. He wants to know these things. But then it's also, hey, let's examine ourselves in this. And let's and by that I mean let's also let the Lord reveal those things where where we've not arrived yet. Mm-hmm. We haven't quite uh, lived up to, I'll say, the standard or the Lord's expectations of us as His children. Mm-hmm. And let's then determine to move forward in that. Spend our time focusing on our walk before exactly. the Lord, and let God be our vindicator and our advocate amen. and our defender. And amen. Amen. Well, let's pause there for today. And with that, can I get a volunteer to close some prayer, please? I will. <clears throat> All right, LaCharles. Lord, we just thank you for what you have done in our lives, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you that you have every situation in your control, Lord, and that we don't have to make our own path, but you have a path already set before us, Lord. And Lord, we also just thank you that your faithfulness goes before us, Lord, and that you never change nor fail us, Lord. And Lord, we also just thank you for the opportunity you have placed in our lives, Lord the opportunity to be in your plan, Lord, and to do what you have for us in this earth. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.